Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Hey, guys, it is still quarantine time right now. So I am at my parents' house in Florida and recording this remotely. And I'm taking advantage of this time to access people bi-coastally that I normally wouldn't have access to in New York. So I'm here with Carissa Stanton, who is the food Hi. blogger behind Brock Your Body. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Yeah. I know. It's just like... Really? It, I. You know how on emails, it's always like, I hope you had a great weekend if it's a Monday. And then it's like, I hope you're having a great start to your new year. Now, every email I send is like, I hope you're healthy and safe. It's this weird, like, how are you? I'm okay, I I guess. I know. We're in such a weird limbo of time. I just like don't even know how to address people anymore. I don't even know how to like speak to people like I, I called my mom on the phone and like I like couldn't formulate sentences because I hadn't like spoken in so long I was like this is so weird <laughs> I know I miss such interaction with people I really miss the simple things and I feel I mean you work for yourself as well and we can dive into that but working yeah. from home I feel like has kind of prepared us in a way for this where it's not yeah. as much of a jolt and I remember my friend the first week sent me a photo and she's like, it's 4.30. I still haven't changed out of my pajamas or gone outside. I'm depressed as fuck. Is this your life? And I'm like, like yeah. At first, it's really fun. And then you realize it's really lonely. And you have to like change. I don't change into real clothes, but I change out of my pajamas into a different sweat set. Exactly. That's in the exact same way. I like will sometimes like put like a little bit of like bronzer on my face and then like put different sweatpants on. And like right now I'm like wearing like a cute sweatpants. I love that. Sweatpants on. Yeah. Yes, that's like exactly. my go to. Cause when I talk on my stories, it's like, all right, as long as like from my boobs up, it looks fine. Like, you know, we're just like rocking like gross, grungy ass sweatpants on the bottom. It's like the memes of people wearing like a nice silk top and a blazer and then like pajama pants on the bottom. Yeah. That's literally me. Yeah, but, but like um, even before, like before all this happened, I actually like didn't work at home every like if I w- was at home all day, like that was like weird for me. Like I always would get up and get ready and like go to a coffee shop and work like every single day. Really, so it definitely is like it's yeah. I like have to get out. Like I'm not good at working at home. 
Like I just like will eat and like clean and roam around my apartment and like find things to do. Like I can't remember the last time I've like sat on my computer and worked for like two hours in my apartment. Like it's so hard for me. And I'm a huge napper. Like I love to nap. So it's like every day at like two 30, I have to like, I've been, this is like terrible, but I've had to like start literally I'm getting into energy drinks because I'm like, I will. T- oh my God. Like, I have <laughs> okay. But napping, so like, especially energy drink, <laughs> especially right now, energy. napping is I think what the soul needs, but I'm curious because I feel oh, I try to go, <laughs> I go to Soho house like two ish days a week. I try as like my office and I am so efficient when I'm there yeah. on computer work. Um, but are you struggling right now being forced to do everything from home? Yeah. I mean, well, I was just like, I don't do that much computer work. It's not mm-hmm. like I'm, mostly like on my phone or cooking or, you know, doing things that don't really involve my computer, but I like to do at least like an hour or two. Like I have emails and I have to like, I'm trying to like, I also like have really bad productivity anxiety throughout Mm -hmm. this where I feel like if I'm not updating all my old blog posts and like coming out with like like organizing everything, coming out with new content, then I feel really bad about myself, which I'm really working on. Um, but I've been trying to do that and like, you know, work on my blog and stuff like that. So I've been doing more computer work than I normally do. I think that productivity, I don't know if it's obsessiveness, but I know I'm struggling with that too, of like constantly feeling like I need to be doing something at all times. And it's something I'm really struggling with Mm -hmm. right now during the coronavirus quarantine. Me too. Like I have been wanting, I finally did organize my pantry, but I've been needing to do it since I moved into this apartment, which was in January. So it's like, I haven't done it. And I kept like getting so hard on myself that I hadn't organized my pantry yet. I'm like all this time, like, what are you doing? And like, when it actually comes down to it, like we're both in the same profession where it's like, it's not that much slower for me right now. Like I not still at all. have a lot of stuff to do. And for some reason, I think that like, I need to like have all this free time or like be doing all these different things where I'm still working like 10 hours a day. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm still totally. really like working a lot. And now I'm trying to like tackle all this other stuff on top of it. And it's like putting so much stress on me. And I feel like a lot of people are in that same boat. I totally agree. I feel busier than I've ever felt work-wise. I also think it's because people are home with other jobs, maybe not as busy. They're more engaged. So you're trying to pump out more content. And then I'm getting down on myself because I'm like, well, why haven't I, you know, I said I was going to watch this series or I was going to read this book or I was going to do this online class or I was going to learn this language. And then I'm like, who did I think I was this first week of quarantine? Like these goals I set for myself were just so outrageous. And now I'm just trying to focus on like staying afloat with work. Exactly. I know. I'm like, that's a job in itself. I need to chill out. Yes. Um, I always start the episode by saying this, but we or asking this, but we got in a little bit. But how would you define success? Oh, yeah, you, uh, okay. I used to questions before. I'm not supposed, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. But no, I it's okay. Look at them. Uh, how do I, I, I remember like, I was like, oh, I need to look at these. And then I didn't. So now I'm just winging it here. No, I like uh, that. I like I, when people wing it. Okay. So how do I define success? I would say if you are doing what you're 
passionate about or what makes you happy and you're helping other people. I would say that's success. Yes, I agree. And do you feel successful now with what you're doing? Because I feel like you're doing both of those things. Yeah, I definitely do. I feel very lucky and yeah, very successful in, in what I do. Can you walk us through, for anyone who's listening that isn't familiar with your page, can you walk us yeah. through, I know you kind of recently, semi-recently took this full-time, right? Uh, yeah. I was like serious full-time for the past, like I think, six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's recent. Yeah, for sure. So what were you doing? Yeah, I was just going to say, what were you doing before this and how did Brock Your Body become what it is? Yeah, so I was in real estate before and I was doing that. um, I majored in kinesiology, which is like the study of the human body. And I had an emphasis in fitness, health and nutrition. So I thought that I wanted to do something along the lines of what I do now, but there weren't really many jobs that... I felt paid well. I'm Mm -hmm. also money driven and I wanted something that like a position that I could grow in and, you know, become successful. And that just really wasn't happening for me with my degree. So I was a server for a while, a waitress at a restaurant and I saved up money and I traveled. And then after that, I was like, I need a nine to five job. Like I need to just like get in an office and like have a regular schedule. Like I wanted it so bad. So I took a a job doing real estate. Um, I got it through like a friend of a friend and I actually loved it. Um, Like I did a lot of the marketing side of things. So I got to be creative and um, I was good at it. And yeah, I I really enjoyed it. And I, a couple years in, I've always loved cooking. Mm -hmm. Decided to start um, an Instagram page because I can't have free time. I like... (laughs) (laughs) sitting still and like wanted to just do something for the first year that I worked at my nine to five job I actually kept my waitressing job and I would work from like nine to five at my normal job and then from 5 30 to like 11 at my serving job and like had no time and like I've always just liked working I guess and being busy so I did that for I think three years and started my blog while I was still at my real estate job So I was still doing the nine to five. So I remember I would like, before I'd have to go to work, I'd like show what I make for breakfast. And I'd show my like work lunch and my snack and then um, cook dinner when I got home. And I think that's what really helped me grow is because the food bloggers that I was following at the time, I still follow them. I still think they're awesome, but they, that, that was their full-time job and they had all day to make a meal and they had a lot of money to, you know, go to a farmer's market and buy these like cool ingredients. And I remember like, I tried to make this food bloggers recipe and I sent like, they were like protein balls. I spent like $65 at Whole Foods and (laughs) they turned out terrible. They took forever. And I was like, this is not realistic. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have time to do this. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. So I wanted to make my recipes like quick and easy. And I wanted the ingredients to be, available at Trader Joe's, Vons, Walmart, wherever you go grocery shopping. So that's kind of how I got started. And I think that really helped because I was relatable. I had a nine to five job and I was making no money. Like I was making like not a lot. And so I think that really helped me get started. And then uh, from there on out, it just started really growing 
And I still really wanted to stay in real estate because I had a really good job and Mm -hmm. I was in a good position to, you know, make a lot of money and it was hard for me to leave. Um, And another reason why, like, I mean, I could have left my job a lot earlier, um, but it's scary, like relying, like my career is based off of like how many likes I get on a photo. It's so absurd and also frightening. so scary and like I'm like I don't know like a lot of my like self-worth is you know derived from my career and like I don't know if I can do this like if Mm -hmm. you know people stop liking my photos or if like no one like comments on something and like that's my this is my job like this is my livelihood and like it's so scary that it's so dependent on approval from other people so it's definitely scary and like not everyone's cut out for it I think I'm like barely cut out for it it's really hard but um yeah so making the leap was tough but I'm so glad I did I mean I get to put so much time into my page and creating content and just helping other people and doing what I love which is eating and cooking so I totally agree a dream it really is um and I have a few follow-up questions because I agree with a lot of the points you made but I'm curious I too felt like really because I started mine while I was working um, in sales and trading. And so I was like showing my workouts that were happening at like 5 a.m. And then I was, you know, eating breakfast at the desk and I was eating lunch at the desk and then I was making quick dinners and I was meal prepping all Sundays. That was the only way that I could actually like eat food that I had cooked throughout the week. And I felt like... Mm -hmm. It was so relatable because it's what majority of the world is doing working a corporate job that sometimes now I feel disconnected because I'm like, well, like I don't meal prep anymore. And I feel like that's what a lot of people came to me for first. But now it just doesn't make sense for me. Totally. Yeah. Like it's you become so far removed today. I like. Woke, I woke up early and I'm doing air quotes right now because I know you guys can't see me and worked out and then got ready. And like, by the time I was like sitting down on my computer, it was like 1030. And I'm like, how did I used to like work out, do all this stuff, like record my breakfast, all this and get to work at nine o'clock in the morning? Like, that's crazy. Like, and like, yeah. I have to like really take a step back and be like, oh my gosh, like this used to be, this is the majority of people's lives. And like, I need to like really like get myself back into that mindset and like mm-hmm. try and like, you know, schedule my work around those hours because you're probably the same way. I work till like 11 o'clock at night every night and I'm like so bad for me. And so I, I am not my hours together. I'm not a night person. I go to bed at like 10 o'clock every night. No, 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 no. Like even when I was in school, like no work would get done for me after 930. Like I'm done. So I, I still, Uh, I'm a morning person. So I still get up at like 536. What? Because I used to wake up at 430 for work. So like. So you've been awake for so long today. Like you've done a full day today. Yeah. Well, I'm also in New York time. So yes, I've had a full day. But. Oh my God. All I've done is like work out. <laughs> I love TikTok. I, um, I you. But I think I follow you. Um, but I do think <laughs> that sometimes I totally agree taking it for granted and feeling like I'm disconnected from reality when someone asks about my morning routine. And even though I'm getting up really early, my morning routine will be like, I meditate. And then 
I write a few things down in a journal and then I have lemon water and then I have a coffee and then I have to take a poop and then I go to work out. And and like, I realize that most people have like 20 minutes. And so I think it's really easy for people. yeah. Yeah. For people like us to just get so disconnected from reality. And then I kind of feel this guilt of like, why am I share like I, not why am I sharing all of this but I think I have to make a conscious effort to sometimes remember to make things totally. more approachable for people who are working all day long in an office yeah because we're yeah, working a lot um yeah so it's interesting but I'm also curious because you said you loved the nine to five like do you miss it ever no it was like I was a server for like a year and a half only after I graduated and all my friends had these full-time jobs. And like, I don't know. I just like, for some reason, like that was so appealing to me, like having this like structure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because like, I I thought it was cool. I thought it would make me an adult. And I thought I would like, I don't know. There was just this like huge appeal to it for me. And like now, absolutely. I could never go back. Like, there's no way I don't miss it at all. But I think I was just young and like felt like to be successful at that point in time, I needed to have a full-time job. Like I would have never expected to like work for myself and like have a business or like any of this that like was never in my plan. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I thought I like that was success for me. It was to have a full-time job and, you know, to death. <laughs> I totally agree. And I'm someone who takes a lot of self pride in their work. And so for me, mm-hmm. I like loved, I thrived off of the structure that I had at JP and like the fact that I was able to, you know, I wore my job like a badge of honor and it took a long totally. time when I finally decided to leave and do this full time. It took a, so much time to adapt, to create a semi structure, to be efficient, but then to figure yeah. out Am I comfortable with what I'm doing? How, what do I even say my job is? Like, what is my job? I, I just got used to that. Like, just yes. used to it. I'm like, what do I do for a living? And now I just say I'm a food blogger. And I think that's great. I think that's what I am. <laughs> it is. It definitely is. I'm, I'm yeah. like trying to figure out what I want to use as my title constantly yeah, what evolving do you say? it. I say I'm a content creator in the health and wellness space. And then depending on who it is, I'll say like, you know, A, if they ask follow-up questions, then I'm like, well, I run my Instagram, blog, YouTube, and podcast, and my mission is to do X, Y, Z, like make healthy living approachable. Um, But I think for me, I don't know if it's like an identity crisis, but I feel like food blogger isn't necessarily my title because I don't spend a ton. I try to do a lot of recipes, but I... I guess because financially that's not like my website isn't where I'm making most of my money. I don't know. I mm-hmm. just, I feel like it doesn't yeah. en- encompass me as much as it does others. If that yeah. makes sense. Totally. I mean, I'm like, I feel like what 90% of my content is food. Yeah. Maybe 80. You're the queen of the con- French wrap Supreme. Yeah. Thank you. I know. I'm like, I actually like was at a restaurant and this girl went up to me and she's like, are you the crunch wrap girl from Instagram? Shut and up. I was like, yeah, yes, I am. That is me. Like, yeah. She's with her boyfriend. She's like, this is the crunch wrap girl. And he was like, oh, hey, I was like, what's up, guys? That is so funny. Were you always into cooking? 
Always. Like honestly, ever since I ever since I can remember, to be honest. I've always loved it. Always loved food. My parents are both like big foodies. My dad loves food, grew up eating like everything under the sun, Thai food, sushi ever since I was a kid. So I was exposed to a lot of different flavors, which I think has helped me. Um, I mean, I'm not a picky eater. I feel like you can't be a picky eater. You're like a food blogger. You have to love it all. So that really helped. And then, yeah, ever since I was like, ever since I can remember, I would like go over to my friend's houses and ask their parents what they were putting in the sauces. And I would go over to my neighbor's house and he would show me how to make what he makes for his family. And it was just, I was always so interested in it. And um, I think that once I started getting into college and moved out and was on my own and, you know, started becoming more health conscious um, because I was like, you know, drinking and eating Mexican mm-hmm. food on the weekends late night. And then I was like, hmm, like, <laughs> I think I need to start like cooking vegetables. So I would start making um, healthier meals, but I like every meal I eat, like has to blow my mind with the flavor. Like it's like a problem. Like I can't just eat a plain meal. So I don't know if you're like that. Like I can't no. have like salmon and veggies. I can't do it. That's I feel, bad. I totally agree. I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, I have to eat healthy, you know, to lose weight or something. I have no fucking interest in that. If I'm eating something whether it's healthy or not, it better be good. Like when people say, I don't know how you eat so healthy. I'm like, well, the food is good. I'm not eating shit, just plain cauliflower rice and avocado. I'm eating a real delicious meal. But for me, I used to have, I used to have this like obsession when I was in the corporate world that every dinner, because I was eating breakfast and lunch at my desk, my dinner, it had to be this like amazing experience. And I put this like weird pressure on it where I would get so frustrated when I get home from work and I'm like, well, I don't know what I want from dinner. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I don't feel like cooking, but I want something really good, but I don't want to spend money. And like, I would work myself up so much. It was just ridiculous. And it's such a first world problem. Um, But now yeah. I just grab kind of whatever if I'm in a rush. I still need it to be actually like deliciously tasting, but it doesn't have to be this quote unquote perfect meal. Yeah. I I was actually that way when I first started my food blog. Like I would like, <laughs> I would make like a, a fish taco bowl with homemade mango salsa and like homemade <laughs> dressing on it. And like nobody would make it. Like everyone was yeah. like, okay, like, I, w- I thought that it had to be this like crazy elaborate thing because like I said earlier, I was following um, a lot of food bloggers that did these crazy, you know, recipes. And I mm-hmm. thought that I had to do that too. And I would like, I mean, it would take me forever. And like, it took me a while to like find, you know, what I really was good at and what people, my audience wanted. So that didn't obviously didn't happen right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It took me a while, but yeah, I remember like, spending so much time like making all this stuff and like nobody cares like people want to know what's a good salsa you can buy and yeah. what to put on it like you know what I mean like and if you you know maybe on like a Saturday make it whatever but I would just make these crazy elaborate recipes and I thought that like that's what people wanted to see whereas at the end of the day at least with my audience they're like we don't care like show us something that takes 20 minutes and tastes really good 
That's how I feel my audience is the same. I joke it's like my chia seed pudding is one of my top performing recipes on my website. And it's something that I do with my eyes closed and drunk. And I hate to even call it a recipe, but that's what people want. Totally. The easy things. I have one of those as well. It's like, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, this isn't a recipe, but I guess. Like, I'm like, you literally just like, it's like can and salt in a crock pot. And you just like, what's your salsa verde chicken recipe? And I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like, there's a jar of salsa on, on chicken. But I feel the same want. way. No, I agree. I agree. People want the easy things. Mm-hmm. Okay, we paused for a second because of technical difficulties. And I should have said this in the beginning of the episode, but we are, I said, we're recording remotely. So if there are audio issues, thank you for understanding. I'm not sorry because these are the circumstances, but I appreciate you understanding. Um, I'm curious like because that. you mentioned, yeah, I'm done saying I'm sorry for things that I shouldn't be sorry for. I, um, I am curious because you mentioned earlier on that you're very money driven, which I am yeah. as well. I have a uh-huh. very interesting relationship with money. I have a lot of guilt around money in a way. Um, okay. Which like, not guilt around my personal, I don't know, guilt around like growing up in a family with money and like the privilege that that brought me and then what it allowed yes. me to do. Um, yes. But I'm curious how your relationship and drive for money is in this business, because I think it's like this wild, wild west of (laughs) like charging things and people, I mean, I'm very open with my friends on talking about what I charge and brands I'm working with and all of that. But a lot of people are not. Um, And I'm curious how you've navigated that aspect of this space. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important. I was actually just texting with a couple of my friends that are in the same space and I'm so open about it. And I think that everyone should be because it's like it, nobody like knows what, you know, to charge or like, totally. it's just like a, we all make it up. So it's like, we need to talk with each other and figure out what we're doing because a lot of times I talk with these girls and they, you know, I personally have full-time management. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I'm like gauged pretty well about what I'm charging, but they're like, crushing it and they're charging nothing and I'm like no 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 you charge way more than that and it's like yeah. so important to like be able to just like openly talk about that kind of stuff but I mean like, I don't know why it's such like a weird topic to talk like a lot of people feel like they can't talk about it um but I'm personally like very open about it but with that being said yeah I have I have full-time management so mm-hmm. I don't I don't talk to brands. I don't do any of that anymore because I just, I'm not a business person and I don't, I mean, I am, I just, I don't like negotiating and I don't like, it's almost like weird representing yourself and like, it's weird to pitch yourself or to say like, like, no, I'm worthy of more because it's not necessarily your service. It's like you, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's just so much easier to have somebody do it for me. Mm-hmm. And also like I, I've built really good relationships with brands and, you know, a couple years ago when, when I was, you know, getting started, I was like, Oh wow. You know, I don't want to have full-time management because I have these such great relationships with these brands that I worked hard to build. And then they start asking for favors. And then you start like, you know, being like, well, I don't want to do that for free and you feel weird because now they're your friends and all this crazy stuff. So 
definitely very glad that I hired uh, my management team. I have had so much more time to do what I'm good at, which is interact with people, cook food, and, you know, just try and help people, um, you know, feel better about their bodies, feel better about their health, more confident in the kitchen. And um, right now my main goal is to basically like provide a distraction and help people feel um, just better about, you know, this whole crazy situation and yeah, just kind of help people get through it. That's kind of what I'm focusing on right now. So um, yeah, I definitely delegated all of that off because I was like, I'm sick of like negotiating and like, I'm just not good at it. And um, it was stressing me out. And I was like, it's so worth it to have um, a really good team behind you. And it has helped me grow a ton. So um, yeah, that's it's something I'm considering. Yeah, yeah, it's something I'm considering because I would recommend it. It's it's just a lot of time spent. Um, but I agree with what you're at, what you said right now. I was joking about with a few of my friends in the space this morning. Like right now, given everything and the circumstances we're in, a lot mm-hmm. of brands are asking for tons of favors. And oh my god, yeah, it's like you know obviously their budgets are thinner, which I totally respect and understand. But at the same time, like we are also a version of a small business and it's a two way street. And so I think it's a really interesting dichotomy right now to navigate. I totally agree. And it's, it's, it's hard because I do, I get so many like messages like, Hey, will you take over our Instagram and do a live? Yes. It's like, oh my gosh. It's like, you don't understand how much work that is. Like, I can't just do that all the time. For free. Also, would you would spend, literally, you'd be all yeah. day on other people's lives. Exactly. Um, so it's nice to kind of be like, you can talk to my manager. And like, you know, I'm never the bad guy. I'm like, oh my God. I, I tell my manager too. I'm like, sorry. Like, I blame you for everything. I'm like, you know sorry, my manager, you have to talk to her. And then I'm like, and then I like text her. I'm like, say no. <laughs> yeah. It makes you're the good cop. Exactly. Um, and I know you mentioned this earlier of like, you have a hard time just sitting by yourself and relaxing a bit. How you said you oh were God, always yeah. working. I struggle uh-huh. with that too. Um, yeah. And have a bit of a like work obsession, mm-hmm. not issue, but way. yeah. yeah um, I would say mine's an issue because I love it. Right. I'm not but like I, this spreadsheet and like crying over it and like not being able to leave my computer. I like truly enjoy everything that I'm doing, but I definitely do need a break more than I give myself for sure. Exactly. I think that's the only time I feel like it's an issue is when I notice I need comfort and time and sleep and a break and I'm not giving myself that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious, mine stems a lot from anxiety yeah. where if I'm sitting on a, like, if I'm, some people can just sit on a couch and watch TV all day. And that to me is like the making of an anxiety attack. Um, so I'm curious, I know you've been a little bit open or not a little, but you are open about your anxiety yeah. and like mental health struggles. So I'd love to chat yeah. a little bit about your journey with that if you're open for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely feel you on that. I feel like the more I'm not thinking about my stress and anxiety, like, you know, I, I love to just distract myself because if I'm working mm-hmm. and I'm cooking and I'm, you know, talking to people online and answering my messages and doing all this different stuff, I'm not thinking about, you know, my breathing or does my throat hurt to freaking mm-hmm. COVID. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, when you're sitting alone with your thoughts, so many things 
can stem from that. And I try to avoid that as much as possible, but that's part of relaxing is, you know, taking your mind off of things and, you know, getting into your breath and, you know, focusing on your body. And for people like us with anxiety, that can be a really scary thing. Um, And I've had it since, oh my gosh, since I was like 12, I think I had my first panic attack. So I've been, I've struggled with it for a long time, but I've been on a antidepressant, low dose of antidepressant for 12 years now. Which one are you on? And right now I'm on Lexapro. I was on okay. Prozac for 10 years. And then I was just kind of feeling like, I don't know. I kind of started getting anxiety again. So I switched to Lexapro and mm-hmm. I'm, I like it. It's good. Uh, I ask because I'm on amitriptyline. So I'm always curious. Yeah, it's how, an antidepressant. Um almost a year maybe okay recent love it's changed my life um yeah that's what i say i mean i tried everything under the sun or under the moon whatever the saying is um i meditate i exercise i eat well i sleep i journal like you know and at some point you have to just realize that it's part of your genetic making and your blood and sometimes you just need some chemical assistance to rebalance that so i'm on a low dosage did you try essential oils? <laughs> <laughs> Literally everyone's like answer. Oh, you're anxious okay. essential oils. Like, yeah, I fucking dried essential oils, a pillow spray, a diffuser, everything. Um, yeah. okay. <laughs> and I've had it my whole life. I just, okay. I say that my first memory is like being close to having a panic attack when I was probably 12 also talking about when time ends, like if you die, then what's happening? Like time never yeah. ends. And I was like, mom, I feel like I'm going to throw up. You have to stop talking about it. I f- I'm literally going to throw up. I feel nauseous. My heart is racing. I didn't know it was anxiety at that time. Um, yeah. But it's been a very long journey for me. But I only recently got to a point where my doctor was like, maybe we should try medication. And at first, I remember thinking, what? Like, that's so insane. I don't need medicine. And then my mom was yeah. like, I think maybe you do. And it's changed my Why life. So such a crazy thought. Uh, I don't know. I mean, weird? I think it's because there aren't always, and now there are way more conversations like this. But before, I don't think there's such a stigma around it. I think people are finally comfortable saying they go to a therapist, which, like, Jesus fucking Christ, it took us long enough to admit that. But now there's still the stigma around medication, and I always joke that like. The second I said I was on medicine, I realized everyone in my life was on a medication because the second yeah, I, I mean, said it, really all of my it. friends, yeah, all of my friends were like, oh yeah, I'm on this, I'm on that. Yeah. And I'm like, did no one want to tell me this before? Yeah. Um, it's funny because, yeah, there is such a stigma and I, I do take a really low dose, so I still have anxiety. Same. Yeah, oh, so it's just it's just not the panic attacks and like the overwhelming feelings. But it's funny because I still talk about like what I do to cope with my anxiety um, on top of my medication, but absolutely, a lot of people like miss your stories or whatever. So, so some people don't realize that I am on medication and they'll send me messages and just say like, Hey, you know, does meditation really help you? My doctor prescribed me medication, but I just don't want to take it. I just, you know, da da da. And I'm like, why? Like if, mm-hmm. if you were prescribed it and you are reaching out to me about what needing help with your anxiety, like, absolutely try the CBD and see if it helps you. I 
a thousand percent recommend, you know, exhausting your resources before you do need to, to, you know, make that jump and take medication because it is something that you do need to take seriously for sure. Very seriously. Um, but why the, I, I can't, I don't want to take it. Like, yeah, there's such a, there's like a pushback. And for me, and I think you sound like you did the same thing for anyone that asks me, I'm like, try these things first because meditation did also change my life and CBD helps me a ton. And there are things that for most people can potentially help. But when I've tried everything, it's like if I broke my leg and I tried all of these other things, why wouldn't I then get surgery or like go on crutches or something? Um, Absolutely. I totally agree. But I also, yeah. But yeah, I, um, I've, I've dealt with it forever and I think that medications helped me so much, but, and a lot of people do have this fear of when they take it, that they're going to lose all their emotion and they're, you know, not going to be able to cry or they're going to turn into a zombie. And it's like, maybe if you're over prescribed or something, I don't know. But if you start low, which is what everyone, your doctor should be having you start at a low dose, I think, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, yeah. but um, then, I mean, you're still going to have anxiety, like, and you still mm-hmm. should, that's a normal human emotion to have. Like, it's very normal to deal with that, especially with like all of this going on. And like, it's, it's so normal to be anxious, but you need to be able to have a handle on it. And the right. second that you, it, that it gets out of control and you, you know, feel like you're not in control of your emotions and um, it's negatively affecting your life every single day, then that's definitely something that like, I feel like you need to take more seriously because I was in the same boat, not wanting to take medication, tried everything. And the second I started taking it, I was like, okay, like this is game over. Like my, my life has changed. I have such a higher quality of life and I'm willing to take, um, whatever, you know, side effects or, whatever comes along with this medication in exchange to having my life back, essentially. I totally agree. And for me, I felt like I am only on 10 milligrams, so I'm on like a really low dosage, but I I haven't had any of the negative, like I still feel highs. As you said, I still feel anxiety, but it's more, I feel anxiety when it makes sense, like right now, given the current state of the world. And if I'm running up on deadlines for work or whatever, but it's not that like walking on the street in New York, feeling totally fine. And then all of a sudden, oh my God, I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. There's not that anymore. Getting your nails done. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish my pedicure. I got to go. Oh, I don't. I refuse to go to a nail salon for that exact reason. It is the most anxiety inducing experience for me. Oh, I refuse. Refuse. I haven't gotten. Because you can't distract yourself. You have to just sit there with your thoughts and be there. And I freak out. I hate it. I also just think it's such a waste of money and time. So I would say in the past three years, I've gotten a manicure and pedicure once for my wedding because I was forced to my mom was like you cannot do it yourself and one other time because one of my girlfriends likes to get them and she like convinced me to go with her but I I do my own nails I really despise it um are you good at at doing your nails now I've gotten better yeah I've gotten way better but they're uh, bare right now um, I'm all bare. I'm looking at my toenails right now. Like, <laughs> shit, I have not had toenail polish on in so long. They're, they look crazy. 
<laughs> but I feel like this is good. I feel like this is good for me. No, you're letting yourself breathe and no one's seeing them right now anyway. I know. Yep. Um, I'm also curious because you recently moved, correct, to LA? Mm-hmm. And I know I talk a lot about like New York on my platform just because that's where I'm from. But I do think a lot of listeners are from the West Coast. And so I'm curious how you're liking it, where you moved from and like the differences you're feeling. Yeah. So I lived in San Diego for, gosh, I moved there when I was 18 for school. I went to SDSU and I, so I lived there for 10 years and um, yeah, I went to SDSU, met, my ex-fiance, so I was engaged when I lived there, and um, we basically ended up splitting up um, before we got married, luckily, <laughs> um, and I decided that I was going to move to LA because of my job, mostly. Uh, mm-hmm. There's so much more opportunity in LA. There's events. All of my other friends that are food bloggers like lived here and there's so much opportunity. So I was like, I have to do it. And I love San Diego, but it's just so sleepy. Like it's such a sleepy town. (laughs) And another reason was, was like dating. I mean, in San Diego, everyone that I would ever want to date, I feel like was like friends with my ex. Like it's such a small community, even Mm -hmm. though it's such a big place. Um, so I was just like, am I ever going to like be able to move on and like date? And I was totally fine. Like I was single for, I mean, I've been single for a year now. So it's not necessarily that I was like dying to go on dates with people. I was just like, is it possible for me to move on while I still live here? And I'm still surrounded with the same people that are all best friends with my ex like they're none of them are going to date me like I mean I wouldn't <laughs> no, want to date them either and um yeah I feel like everyone in San Diego was um all my best friends were either they're married or they're engaged or they're in serious long-term relationships which is great like I I'm not against that whatsoever I just felt like I was moving in a different direction than them and I felt like mm. LA was just the move so I've been here for four months. I moved here in January and I love it. It's so fun. There's so much to do. Um, the weather is amazing. And it's funny because you'd think it'd be the same weather as San Diego. It's like two hours. Yeah. Is it north not? Of San Diego. It's not like, I feel like San Diego is always gloomy and like overcast and LA is always like really hot and sunny. I've only been to San Diego a few times when I was younger. I used to play a soccer tournament there every Thanksgiving weekend. Um, Yeah, but I never like really explored. I don't remember it. I have been to LA a few times. I love it, but it is not for me. I know that like very clearly. It's one of those places I visit and I'm like, this is fun, but it just, I couldn't do it. Um, Why do you say that? Why do you say you couldn't do it? Just curious. I am a very much, I don't care about, and I'm not like stereotyping LA, but I am not a scene or like superficial type of human. And I really despise actually, like it almost makes me dislike certain people instead of praise them more. Like, you know how some people are like, oh my God, she's so cool. She has all these designer things. I'm like, who the fuck cares? Um, Yeah. 
And I just don't think I fit in with the LA vibe. And so it's more honestly me because I like to not wear makeup and not really get dressed up and wear sneakers. And like the idea of putting on heels is like a huge production for me. And it's more of this thing that I've kind of built as like a story I'm telling myself of like, that's who I am that I feel so uncomfortable being in a, in a different vibe that I'm then like turned off by it. It's almost like I'm intimidated by it. So therefore I say, I don't like it. Do you know what I mean? No, but I get that. Like it it is very superficial and I am like, I am a superficial person. Like I'm not like, you don't seem like you are. I mean, I I have like designer shit for sure. I mean, so do I, but I, I I wear like, (laughs) like my whole thing is like, I'll wear like shitty clothes, whatever. But like I bought Gucci loafers and they're one of my favorite things I wear. I wear them yeah. every day and they're like ruined, but I wear them with like. It, I feel I'm, like you would yeah. love like Venice. Like that's super casual. I've stayed like, there and I really like country. it. Yeah. I really like Venice. That's the one place I could live, but there's like one street. Once you walk through Abbott Kinney five yeah. times, like what do you do? Yeah, I get what you mean. I am the same way though with New York. Like I love New York. I go probably like once every three months. Like it's one of my favorite places to visit. Mm-hmm. Next time I'm there, we have to do. Yeah, that. we got to hang out. Um, but I could never live there. Like I could yeah. never live there. It's insane. The other reason like, for LA is I cannot traffic. To me, is like it's uh, worse than getting a manicure. Like that for me is anxiety upon anxiety upon anxiety. It is. It's pretty bad. I get I get pretty bad anxiety in traffic too. But now it's not bad. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure. Um, Nobody's on the road. Wait, but also, I know we like kind of like talked about, like briefly touched on this, but I am curious because I didn't know until recently that you had called off your engagement because I think mm-hmm. when we met at that dinner, we met briefly yes. at that expo dinner and I think you were engaged or no? I think I was too. I think you yes, were engaged I, I and was. then... We, not like we talked no. about it. That was like a month before I got engaged, I think. Wait. Really? No. Right? Yeah, but it was last year. It was a year ago. Okay, maybe how long, was. How long were you engaged before you called off the engagement? Uh, a year. So then you definitely were engaged. Okay, yes, I was. I was um, yeah. So I remember that, but then I don't. I guess I just like didn't actively see when you talked about whatever. So I remember hearing, I don't know where I saw it. And I was like, whoa, I have a lot of questions because, and I, I hate that like, this is something that you probably have to talk about on every interview. (laughs) So we don't have to talk about it. No, Um, totally fine. But I'm curious on like how the fuck you ever had the guts to do that. Yeah, it was really scary. So basically, I mean, I, we had like a perfect relationship and I, and I say that not trying to be cool or anything. Like we really were very compatible. He was an ideal future husband, future dad, future, you know, life partner. And, um, I mean, we're still, we're still friends. We're cool, but he, I just wasn't in the right mindset to settle down and get married. Mm -hmm. Like I had all of these thoughts in the back of my head, like, you know, you don't, you want to like, you know, move somewhere? Don't you want to like have all these, you know, different experiences, your jobs taking off? I basically just have this like huge urge to be independent mm-hmm. and just be on my own, which is what I'm doing now. Um, and I just like couldn't shake the feeling. And I tried so hard because I was like, oh my God, there's so many people that would die for my life, you know, mm-hmm. being 
27 and engaged to this amazing person. And, you know, we were getting ready to buy a house and settle down, like start a family and just all of this stuff. And I just wasn't happy at the end of the day. So I, yeah, basically had to just one day break up with him, which was like the hardest thing ever. I can't Um, even fathom. Yeah, it was really rough. And I knew I wanted to do it, but like when it actually comes down to like that night where it's like, you have to make that choice of uproot, like like, he's going to kick me out of the apartment. I'm going to be homeless for 30 days. I'm not going to be able, like I'm going to have to tell my family and like you think about all these things, you're like, or I could just order takeout and we can chill and watch a movie and drink wine and then I can, you know, just push it off. So that actual like game time decision was so tough and it was definitely like, it was only the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life thus far. And it was like a really rough like couple months of just not mm-hmm. knowing where I was going to live, staying with friends, staying on friends' couches and um, things like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was really worth it. And I think we're both much happier where we are now. And we both have such a like great relationship with each other and we respect each other and um, we're just glad that, you know, we can still be friends and that we both ended up really on our feet and we're, we're good. So that's amazing. It was rough. Yeah. It was really hard, but it's funny too, because I was kind of, it's the same thing. Like you said about anxiety and being on medication. I was like, okay, I was in a relationship for six years and now I'm just going to break up with him. Like nobody, nobody's in a relationship for six years and then break no. up. And then I did it. And then I met like literally eight people in the next like really? month that were in six year relationships and had broken up. And I was like, oh my God, like, okay. I guess my sister crazy. technically was in one. Yeah, my older sister was. Um, really? Yeah, but I, for me, it's so amazing because while I've never had that feeling, I can't fathom knowing I'm sure you loved this man as much as I like love my husband right now at that time of getting engaged and like all of the hype and attention, everything that comes with it. I can't fathom handling that emotion and having the balls to actually be able to do that. See, that's what I, okay. So I always say this. I'm like, I consider myself like a pretty strong person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was barely able to do it. Like barely. And I'm like, there's probably so many, so many people like couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. That like just are like, you know what? I'm cool. I'll just be, I'll live like, you know, I'll live a seven out of 10 life and just yeah. do it. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's insane. Like, I can't believe that. Like, there's probably so many people out there that just didn't do it. And I'm like, there's oh, so many people that settle and that breaks yeah. my heart. It really breaks my heart to watch people settle. Um, and the other question that I'm sure you get asked in every single interview, which I also didn't know until very recently because I don't watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And so I have no idea who anyone is. But one of my yeah, friends was like, oh, you follow this girl, her sister. And I was like, I, that means nothing to me. But your sister yeah. was on The Bachelorette, yes? Yes, she was. And it's funny because I don't watch the show either. And people message me and be like, oh, my God, did you see like <laughs> Olivia was with George at, at the whatever. And I'm like, what? Like I, the people just it, it means them, nothing like, to I, me. Yeah, I like don't follow along. And I've actually um, done like a couple trips and like been, I, I mean, I'm with my sister a lot. So I met a lot right. of people on the show. And like, I mean, I know them and they're really nice, but 
I don't know. Like, remember I met the nicest person. I'm not sure your name. I met the nicest person. She was so cool. And I like went back and I was like, oh my God, you guys know da da da. She's so sweet. And they're like, oh my God, she was the villain. (laughs) Well, it's so fake. It's so fake. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, she, she did this. She's crazy. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I don't, I mean, I have no idea. So it's funny. But yeah, my sister was on The Bachelor and this was like a while ago now. It's been like five years, maybe. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember. I have a really bad memory. Um, But yeah, she was on it. And it's crazy because it's totally like changed her life. And, you know, I feel like without her, like having this career with social media and me seeing, you know, all the opportunity there that like, I don't know if I would have necessarily like, you know, put all this effort into my blog because it's mm-hmm. like, I, I wouldn't have known that there's this whole opportunity there. So that's what I was going to ask. Helped me get started. And, you know, she would always be like, follow my sister and all <laughs> this stuff. She's so sweet. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely like such a crazy thing. Like I It's wild. But I was going to ask that exact question. You answered it. But for me, like yeah. my older sister works a very corporate, like, boss life and Mm -hmm. both my parents did and so when I did this it was kind of like what are you doing and so I imagine having a sister who had kind of led that way already not that it made it easier but it made you realize that it was an option totally and it's funny because my parents are so used to it like my mom will be like oh what are you doing today and I'll be like oh filming some ads and like doing this and she'll be like oh you're working with this brand like she like totally is just like in on the like yeah. logo and like she never would like question anything or like it's just so funny like she just is like so used to it now but it's hilarious because it's such a new job and it's like what are our kids gonna do it like it's just like a long lineage of like <laughs> Instagram influencers <laughs> have you guys ever done work together uh we actually I have a video we did a recipe video together that I need to post and uh, we like uh, we'll do like random stuff, but we should do more stuff together. Because I feel like I've seen a few like collaborations of like dual influencer sisters. Yeah, of like family products. It's not a bad idea. I know. It, yeah, my sister's just she's a hard person to work with. <laughs> like we're sisters at the end of the day. You know what uh, I mean? Like trust we're me, not I know. Collaborating <laughs> on business ideas. It's like she's her own person, and like I love her to death. But I think it's more of just like probably never happened. <laughs> I no, I get it. I tried for so long to convince my younger sister to be my like first hire and like not assistant, but like help me with everything. And yeah. she like isn't not that she's not happy at her job, but it's not her like life career. And I'm like, just come help me, please. Like you understand mm-hmm. what I'm doing. You see the back end of it. And she is so interested in what I'm doing. And like recently, because we're in Florida together for the past month, she's like a yeah. star in all of my content. So like we've done, she's been in all of my vlogs and stuff and she loves it. But then yesterday, I know, isn't it scary? It's crazy. Sometimes we really don't look alike, but recently it's been really insane. And we're wearing like all the same clothes and we've now morphed into one human over the past month of living together. Yeah. Um, insane. But it's the same way where then when it comes down to it, I'm like, oh, we could never work together. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, not even like never work together. It's just kind of like her that's so separate from my brain. Like we, it's fun to do videos and whatever, but I'm like, I don't know if I could like, 
actually like sit down and like have a meeting and like meeting. I don't know maybe <laughs> it's just weird it's just like a weird I got it like she's my I, sister yeah. I don't know I definitely got it. Um, and then quickly to close, I know we talked a little bit about food in the beginning, but what would be the three ways to your heart through food? And it can be as generic or specific as you like. Ways to my heart through food? Mm-hmm. So like what makes you the happiest version of yourself with regarding food? Cooking it is number one for sure. Um, love cooking food. And then I would say second is eating food. And third is feeding people. I love feeding people. I love that too. And I feel like my page is kind of a way to like feed people without actually feeding them, like giving them my recipes mm-hmm. and showing them how to do it. And like seeing people make my stuff is just like the best feeling. So, I agree. Yeah. It's very rewarding. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on here. This was so much fun. Yeah. And for having me. Of course, for everyone following, it'll be in the show notes, but the best place to follow you is on Instagram at Brock Your Body, correct? Yes, correct. Okay, it'll all be there. Thank you. And I wish you all the best of luck in the rest of this quarantine of staying safe and healthy. Thank you, you too. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there at Freckled Foodie.